Welcome everyone to the Rosecut uh, monthly update. Uh, I feel like saying welcome to month five of the 2022 bear market. Uh, welcome, Mike. Uh, hi, Dan. Hi. Yeah, uh, yeah quite quite a, a dramatic period opening up across uh, across markets now. Just for, for context, many markets, particularly equities, now having fallen almost as much as, as they did in the COVID pandemic. And of course, then we're, we're framing this also with the 2001.com bubble and what happened then. So quite quite extreme already, actually. Yeah. So let's go through uh, some of the asset classes with a few comments on each one. Uh, perhaps first just start with uh, the question that I'm sure will be on a lot of people's mind, how our portfolio is positioned. And the simple answer is no change to last time. So we still have very defensive positioning. We've still got at least 16% in cash, along with lots of short-dated bonds, which are also retaining their value. And so performance has actually been pretty resilient in the face of what's going on in markets. So that's the good news. Uh, when we turn to what's actually driving some of these things, uh, let's start with currencies, Mike, because the US dollar has been very strong, which is usually bad news for emerging markets in particular. And we've seen some of the Asian currencies selling off uh, so far this year, but that looks to be stabilizing a bit. What's your reading? Yeah, so, so I think what's interesting here is that this bout of extreme weakness really started with the reaction in the bond market and then the currency market to inflation into the Fed's reaction to that. So we saw you know, bond yields rise, hitting about 3.2% last week. We saw extreme weakness in the Japanese yen and volatility in other currencies, notably the Aussie dollar. And what's interesting, I think, in the last two days is that volatility in these asset classes is beginning to calm. We've seen a rally in bonds. We've seen the yen come back in from the extremes, which tells me that the sort of the macro markets are, are pricing in the inflation trade and the interest rate trade, perhaps beginning to think about weaker growth. Equities having lagged these asset classes are now in the midst of a full kind of volatility funk, if you want to put it like that. You know, most equity tactical indicators are very stretched, some as stretched as they have been in, in a good 10 years. And equity volatility actually is quite well contained. The thing I think is that what we're just seeing is just we're seeing redemptions of retail and institutional growth portfolios, just risk management writ large effectively, and people just um, unwinding some of these big portfolios. Yeah, so let's dig into some of those parts. So bonds, let's take that for a second. The story so far this year, as you summarised that, is that rising inflation expectations uh, drove up bond yields which meant that bond prices came down because there's an inverse relationship there. Uh, and that was true of both government and corporate bonds. Now that looks like it might be turning. We're, we're recording this on the 12th of May and it's just you know two days of uh, trading that we're taking into account when we say that, but uh, it's an interesting sign. The potential risk is that if that's changing because people's perception of economic growth is slowing, and the UK came out with some bad numbers today for March, that could start to impact on corporate bonds. So in other words, as they're more risky than government bonds, we start to see that risk increasing. So that's a potential downside. The upside is if bond yields are falling, bond prices going up, that starts to offset your equity positions. So if equities are still falling, but bonds are now rising, that helps balance the portfolio. In terms of equities, uh, you get a great overview there of everything that's going on. In terms of geographical regions, I wouldn't say there's that much difference in the performance between them 
maybe the Nasdaq, you know, the tech-heavy stocks in the U.S. is doing worse. And I think you know one of the things people have, have pointed out for a long time is that the reason the U.S. has outperformed Europe and other regions is that it's had all these big tech stocks, which, if you like, are now a liability. It really is many U.S.-focused institutions who 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 own uh, these growth stocks, and that's why we're seeing the selling concentrated around the. Uh, the Nasdaq and the other U.S. indices. I think the point you made about credit risk is really important because this can be a kind of an isolated, what I would call, portfolio crisis where people are simply unwinding exposure to growth equities. But I think if the Fed continues to raise rates in the way it promises, it can really heighten recession risk and in the context of quite high indebtedness, can provoke a, a credit crisis, um, which we've seen. We've seen maybe two or three of those in the last 20 years. So that is the risk, I think, uh, from here out to maybe to October, November, is that credit markets begin to, to really stress. And I think that if that happens, then we're into a much more prolonged uh, set-off. Yeah, I, I think that probably is the stage at which the Fed would do a about turn. Uh, and start to intervene to help markets. But I think there would have to be a bit of pain first. Um, and going back to the Rose Cup portfolios, uh, that's why we're not running a lot of credit risk. We only have some very short dated high quality exposure there. Uh, so we're ahead of any uh, potential impact <laughs> such as that. I think that's quite quite prudent, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, I hope would perform a lot better than many other um... Uh, other managers. Yeah, and in fact, one thing that's been helping us do that so far this year is commodity exposure. Yeah, we've talked extensively in the past about the energy sector ETF that we have. Uh, that's a real good news story for this year because that's making uh, a lot of um, gains for clients. So that's great. The carbon ETF that we bought, gosh, I guess it's just over a month ago, maybe six weeks ago now. Uh, that's bounced back uh, very well. So we bought in at a pretty opportunistic point. Uh, so that exposure is what's helping. Uh, in fact, in a strange sort of way, it's doing what bonds normally do for portfolio. It's offsetting the equity um, positions. That's a, a positive news story there. Overall, I, I think being defensive has clearly helped us a lot. Uh, it continues to help us. I expect we will run with that for a bit longer. Have you got any other thoughts you'd like to finish with, Mike? I, I just think just to point out um, crypto and Bitcoin, which you and I debate mm. a lot, it's a critical moment in terms of being a discovery as to what, what, what crypto is. is. Is it a safe haven? Is it an inflation gauge? Is it a risk asset? And, and this particular sell-off tells me that it's a risk asset, partly because I think the same people who, who own the, the tech stocks own crypto as well. They have been trading in tandem for the last couple of weeks. We're seeing pressure as well on some of the, the stable coins. So that, that whole ecosystem is, is coming under under quite a bit of pressure at the moment. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I hadn't had that on my list of things to talk about. Uh, I don't think we've spoken about it for at least six months because the backdrop for crypto has just not been uh, a positive one. So we, uh, we haven't done much research into the area. Uh, but you're right, this is a real test for it right now. Yeah. Because I, I, I know many people who have money with Roscott will also be, be interested in crypto. So something to keep an eye on in terms of, you know, it's a young asset class, but just in terms of discovering what it really is. Yeah, uh, I think as we speak, actually, the stablecoin Tether is coming under pressure for the first real time. Uh, it's meant to trade one for one with the US dollar. I think it's at about 96 right now. 
if that one goes, then that will make uh, a few headlines, I'd imagine. Yeah. Great. Well, hopefully this has uh, been of value to people. And uh, Mike, thank you for joining us as ever. Thanks very much. Okay, chat, chat next month. Thank you.